89.9 The Light, uh, you're in community conversation with Clayton and uh, it is an absolute privilege to be having a chat to the man who is joining us now. He's the General Manager of Services Australia and they oversee everything from Centrelink and Medicare and a whole lot of other uh, parts of the services that each of us interact with as we go through our lives here in Australia. Uh, Hank Jongen is the General Manager. He joins us now. G'day, Hank. Good evening. Real pleasure to be there. Well, it's, here. Yeah, well, here. <laughs> absolutely. We we were saying off air that um, you know it, it's just wonderful to have a, a conversation with community, isn't it? Uh, even in this time, and especially for us here in Melbourne, uh, that the ability to have chats and conversations, uh, we sort of take any moment we can. Oh, look, absolutely, and we recognise uh, as well the absolute importance that it is for us to be able to engage. Um, I don't. I think it's fair to say we've never been busier yeah. in the history of the organisation, which actually, with our predecessors, goes back to the 1940s. Wow, it, just remarkable. Could you give us a bit of a, a, an overview? You know, we all sort of understand a, um, in the way that it interacts with us, what Medicare is or Centrelink or child support perhaps, but um, how, how does it actually work? Uh, that, that seems like an awful lot that's under one umbrella. Uh, look, it is, but um, the government has quite deliberately pulled all those services together under one umbrella. Firstly, of course, to improve efficiency. But secondly, because so many of these different uh, air business lines, if you like, Centrelink, Medicare and uh, uh, child support, because they all interact, it's logical to start lumping them all together, particularly in terms of the IT systems that underpin each of those groups of uh, businesses. Um, but, you know, that's really come to the fore. The importance of that has really come to the fore since the start of the pandemic yeah. um, uh, because it's put a lot of pressure on us. We've mobilised staff from around the country uh, in order to provide services to those people most in need. Of course, the most obvious group are job seekers. Um, and to give you some idea of the scale of what we've had to do, um, job seeker payment alone, since mid-March, we've processed 1.6 million applications. Whoa. Now, in a normal year of, uh, of job seeker payment, we would process about 500,000. So that gives you an insight into the scale and the enormity of the response. And and the other thing we've had to do, of course, I mean, when the pandemic started, everyone saw the tragedy of people lining up outside our yeah. offices. Yeah. Um, now, nobody wants to see that for a whole range of reasons. Um, and what we did, and, and this is like turning around a ocean liner yeah, or an yeah. aircraft. But what we had to do was come up very quickly with contactless solutions so that people don't have to come to our offices. That's for the safety of our staff as well as our customers. So job seeker applicants now could go through the entire process without having to come in to see us. The best way to apply for job seeker payment is to open a MyGov account. That's the first step. The second thing you then do is you go through a process of verifying your identity. And you can do that online now. And then you link to your Centrelink and 
then what we encourage you to do is open an online account. But better still, once you've opened an online account, download the Centrelink app because that's the way to do business with us in the palm of your hand. We're, in, we're discouraging people from coming into our offices for all of the obvious reasons. Yeah. And uh, we, we want to get into some of the specifics and, and get you to talk through sure. some of the things that people can, can you know, be a part of and, and you know, claim and all those sorts of things. I want to do that in a couple of moments' time. If we can just talk a bit more about you and your team, um, you know, I'm guessing that, you know, we you, you guys don't get praised all that often. It often gets a bit of a tear down as, oh, this didn't happen here or this didn't happen there or whatever. But sure. just to really spend a bit of time praising that, that quick turnaround of what you've talked about, um, the, the, the massive volume... Um, absolutely right. You know, we saw those lines at the start. We, it seems like it's all moved too. Has has there been, um, you know, where did all that work come from? Was it that you ended up able to, you know, hire a whole bunch of techs to suddenly develop things for you? Was this things that are already in the pipeline? Was it multiple government government agencies working together? How did that? How did you actually get to that phase of actually able to move to that place so quickly? Well, you know what? It was all of the things you've just said. Yeah, right. The first thing the government asked us to do uh, was to mobilise staff within our organisation. It became the, became the number one priority. We also, particularly across Canberra, mobilised uh, uh, 2,000 staff from across the rest of the public service mm -hmm. and uh, got them trained up quickly to help us with phone demand and processing payments. Um, that was a great example of the way in which the public service could work together. And then on top of that, we have contracted service delivery companies. Uh, we brought, and they also brought on additional staff. So there was a massive initial training program to get people up and running. The next thing we then did was, of course, and as you said, did we have things, uh, you know, uh, already at the process of being delivered, uh, developed? Yes, we did. And what we did is place a huge emphasis on improving our online systems. The first thing we did was we came up with a capability where uh, virtually overnight where people could register their intent to claim um, in MyGov. Yeah. That was a, and so you could go into MyGov, click a few buttons, and that told us that you had lodged a claim. And that was the date from which we started payments. Then initially, we responded to that by ringing those people mm. that had lodged intent to claims, and we stepped them through the claim process. That was the initial way we dealt with it. And behind the scenes, we had people working virtually 24-7 to then give us the online capability so that we could eliminate the manual process and automate the process. So they're the steps that we went through. I've got to tell you, it was long hours, yeah, long nights, teams under pressure, working collaboratively to get all of this done. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, we just got to give some credit there too, as we say, you know, we, I, I often will say that, you know, sometimes our politicians, for example, they, they, they cop the criticism they deserve but at times, but we also need to praise them for the hard work they do. And I think sometimes government agencies can get that sort of same, same 
uh, painting over the top of them. So it's wonderful to hear uh, the great work that occurred uh, and, and certainly can understand those uh, long hours as well. In a couple of minutes' time, Hank, I want to get you to talk about how um, Victorians generally can access some of the services better. But a couple of questions first that we've uh, got already come through. So the first one through on our text line, 0428 899 Someone's asked, um, those on JobKeeper now, when it finishes in its present form, if they haven't worked 20 hours or more, do they go back to New Start? That's our first question. Okay. Well, firstly, New Start no longer exists. Coincidentally, the government uh, uh, switched New Start and broadened the criteria into job seeker payment. Okay. So we're talking job seeker payment. Now, uh, to answer this question, there's a couple of elements that I need to address. Firstly, the government has reduced the amount of job keeper payment. Um, and it goes to, uh, from $1,500 per fortnight to $1,200 for full-time employees, and it goes to $750 for part-time employees at the time that they were eligible. That's people that work less than 20 hours. In relation to job seeker payment, the government has also extended that payment through uh, from the 25th of September through to the 31st of December, uh, and it will continue over that period at $250 a fortnight on top of, there's a coronavirus supplement, $250 a fortnight, on top of job seeker payment. Now, the combination of those two sets of, payment, uh, of changes means that some people receiving job keeper payment will be eligible for a top-up of job seeker payment. And what we're saying right now is because we've built the capability that enables people to start the claim process 13 weeks in advance, if you are going to be affected in this way, check with your employer, but if you're going to be affected in this way, now is the time to start your application for Job Seeker. In other words, if you know that your eligibility for Job Keeper is going to go down from the 25th of September, start your claim process now. Because it means you can confirm your identity, give us the documents we need, uh, which means you know you can square everything up and we can then pay you from the earliest possible date. Excellent stuff. And once that again, wasn't a short answer, no, that's but I the, needed to cover everything off. Well, we'd much rather have the, the precise answer. That's fantastic. So uh, just to clarify, that's also through back out that you access and go through all that app through the MyGov. Is that where we're doing to, to go and access yes. all that as well? Yep, yes. correct. All right. And, and look, another piece of advice I'll be giving everyone repeatedly over the course of this next hour is there's a wealth of information at our website, of course, mm -hmm. Services Australia, one word, .gov.au. And if you look for Payment Finder, search for Payment Finder, you, you'll find a button, you answer a few simple questions and it'll give you an indication as to what you're eligible for. Excellent. That's wonderful stuff. Thank you so much. We're also phoning through on 1300 777 899. You can have your questions answered as well by Hank Jongan. He's the General Manager of Services Australia that heads up Centrelink and Medicare and uh, child support and uh, a whole lot of the various things that we interact with here in uh, Australia is Maria in Wonturna who joins us on the line right now as well. G'day, Maria. You're on with Hank. Oh, hi. 
Um, yeah, look, my question was, um, my ex-partner was put off work and they're paying him out of his annual leave. Um, shouldn't they be paying him a job keeper? Look, that, firstly, I need to make the point, I, I don't represent the taxation office, which pays JobKeeper. Uh, and it becomes a question as to whether or not the, your, your partner's employer qualifies for JobKeeper. So that's something he needs to talk to the employer about and the employer will outline to him what they're eligible for. So that's the, 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 the condition there. Now, I'm assuming if he's being paid um, out of his own leave, eventually that's going to run out. Now, if that's the case and he's not working and not receiving a wage, then everything I just said about job seeker payment, he should start doing. He should lodge an application to job seeker once he knows that his leave is going to run out, assuming he's not working. There you go. So it's JobKeeper. If they're the organisation that he's working for can get it, if not, we move to JobSeeker in that regard. So, Maria, thanks so much for your call. Oh, thank you. Good idea. Thank you so much. one three hundred triple seven eight double nine. If you'd like to also uh, call Hank and ask any question uh, around uh, those payments that are coming through Centrelink and the like, uh, we're going to be back with Hank in just a couple of moments' time and ask him around this idea of what can we actually access specifically as Victorians. We know that, uh, well, we're a bit different at the moment in what we're going through and Hank will update us on that next here on 89.9 The Line. In conversation with Clayton. 89.9 The Light, you're in community conversation with Clayton here at Melbourne's positive radio station. And we've made a really concerted effort to be community minded and to provide great advice as well as giving that bit of hope as we go through this period of COVID. And so we're trying to get guests, especially on this program, who can answer your questions, the questions you want to know. And certainly uh, the man who is joining us tonight, we've been so blown away that he's given us the an hour of his time, is Hank Jongen. He's the General Manager of Services Australia. Uh, they're the ones in charge of Centrelink, um, Medicare and child support. We're mostly focusing around the Centrelink side of things uh, today, Hank. And uh, just, a, you know, we were talking a couple of moments ago, we've got more people on the line ready to ask you questions as well. But you talked about the fact that those job seeker payments, you know, so many of them almost sort of triple the amount you might get in a normal year. Has it started easing up or are we still seeing uh, a, a huge amount still coming through? From your perspective, how, how is things running in that sense? No, look, we are definitely seeing a very slight easing up. However, uh, that could very well change from the 25th of September as people on JobKeeper become eligible for JobSeeker and, uh, 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 you know, will receive a bit of a top-up as a result of that. So we are expecting another peak, which is why I'm encouraging uh, people to lodge an application now if you know those changes are coming. Look, the other thing I just wanted to comment, and this relates back to Maria's call, another thing many people don't realise is if you're receiving job seeker payment, it doesn't mean that you or your partner can't be working. In fact, in relation to your partner, for example, let's say Maria's working and her, and her partner uh, isn't any longer, Uh, The government's actually really relaxed the income rules in relation to partners. Um, So uh, in the case of a partner, 
a partner can earn up to $3,000 a fortnight before payment actually cuts out. That's about $80,000 a year. And the government introduced that in recognition of the financial pressure on families. So again, I always encourage people to check the payment finder on our website because it'll help you clear some of these myths that exist. Yeah. And once again, that's servicesaustralia.org.au. Uh, oh, sorry, dot gov. Sorry, dot gov. Dot gov. Dot gov.au. Uh, it's, got yeah. a, it's up on my screen in front of me, and I still got it wrong, Hank. Uh, how about <laughs> that? one three hundred triple seven eight double nine to get uh, your call in for Hank Jongan, the General Manager of Services Australia. Uh, Tony joins us now. Uh, Tony, you're on with Hank. Hi, Hank. Uh, how are you doing? I'm really good, thank you, Tony. Um, that's good. Look, I'm just calling uh, because I've had a few issues uh, myself and, uh, and someone else uh, closer related uh, who've had uh, rental income. Um, and uh, obviously within March and April, a lot of rental income dried up as well. Um, uh, leaving that out, basically uh, when we applied for job seeker, we had issues with uh, settling staff not really um, sort of uh, knowing how to uh, attribute rental income. Um, into the equation. So uh, my question is: uh, Is it is it well known that um, that rental income obviously has expenses related to it, and uh, do do the staff usually um, attribute that expenses to make sure the uh, you know not only the income is attributed? Uh, because uh, and also the second part of it is, is when uh, when something uh, like this ha- um, well, how should I put it when the um, uh, the whole part of the equation is not uh, treated properly and you, you end up not being uh, eligible for, uh, uh, well, we get a decision saying that you're not eligible for job seeker. Do you have to do a review of the decision thing and wait for a few weeks to get it sorted right. always? Or is there any other way that you can get someone else to look at it? All right. Look, it's really, uh, yeah, uh, but I, firstly, uh, let me just say, you talk about some staff being unfamiliar. Um, as you can appreciate, we had to mobilise a lot of stuff, as I said, and train them up quickly. And uh, uh, it is possible that in relation to some of these rules, which are less common, uh, there may have been some issues. However, let me just say that that training process has become an ongoing uh, onslaught, if you like, uh, to ensure that we provide the highest quality service that we can. Now, um, the other thing I would say uh, is that if you believe that we've incorrectly assessed your eligibility, Centrelink customers have very powerful appeal rights. And the first step in that process, as Tony said, is that you at any point can request a review of that decision. You simply have to say, I would like a review of that decision. And what that means is that um, the, the decision that you've been given is then looked at by someone else within the organisation who has not been involved in assessing your case when it was first done. In other words, someone independent from within the organisation will look at your case. Now, if after that process you still believe that we have made an incorrect decision, then again, you simply have to tell us, I want to appeal against that decision. And what that means 
is that the decision goes to an independent body, the Administrative Appeals Tribunal, uh, for adjudication. So always remember you have strong appeal rights. Now, in the case of rental income, what we would normally do is um, seek some sort of statement from an accountant because, as you can appreciate, there are some offsetting costs uh, associated with rent. That can also cause a bit of a delay uh, because, of course, you've got to get the information that we require. And that's why earlier when I was talking about lodge your application earlier, you can lodge an application up to 13 weeks in advance. And in a situation like this where you where you know that we're going to need some proof of your income, it gives, us, it, it gives you time to get that information to us. Excellent. Tony, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate that. Also on 1300... 777 We've got uh, James on the line from Donvale. G'day, James. Hey, how are you? Good, thank you. You're on with Hank. Hey, Hank. So I just had a quick question. So um, I'm under the, the kind of 22 age bracket and I've also missed out on JobKeeper payments by month in terms of eligibility. I was just wondering, is there like a specific reason why JobKeeper, you know, has an age cap at 22? Like you have to be 22 or older? Is that Something that uh, would yes, place uh, for a specific reason. Yes, there is because uh, yes, there is because there's another payment called youth allowance for younger people. Uh, so for people up to the age of um, uh, uh, 22, if you're a full-time student um, or if you're unemployed and looking for work, then um, youth allowance is the appropriate payment. Um, I'm just wondering, James, have you tested your eligibility for uh, youth? I've had a look into it, um, but they just got a bit confused because there are a few things about like people in your household have to earn a certain income and and things like that. Yes, look, um, uh, for youth allowance, in many instances, um, younger people are deemed to be dependent on their parents. and uh, uh, they're, they're the rules that exist in relation to youth allowance. So there are some rules where you need to satisfy us that you are truly independent. Um, James, if you haven't gone through a claim process, start by having another look at our website. Go to Services and Payment Finder. Payment Finder is what you're looking for. Just answer a few questions there. It'll give you an indication as to whether you should be pursuing youth allowance. Yeah, no worries. All right, thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you, James. Uh, you can put your call through as well, one three hundred triple seven eight double nine. Hank Jongan, the General Manager of Services Australia, who heads up Centrelink amongst the, a number of other agencies, is joining us for the rest of this hour. We're so appreciative of Hank's time. So get your question in and ask, one three hundred triple seven eight double nine. You can also text through your question, 0428 899 899. We're going to be back with Hank in just a moment. In conversation with Clayton. You can text through 0428 899 899 for your question for Hank Jongan. He is the General Manager of Services Australia. That uh, is the one of the, well, the department that heads up uh, Centrelink as well as a whole lot of other agencies. But Centrelink's the main one we're focusing on with Hank this evening. You can also uh, phone through your question 1300 777 899 here on 89.9 The Light. Hank, uh, there's plenty more questions coming your way, so uh, strap in. Here we go. We've got uh, Eric joining us from Clyde North. G'day, Eric. You're on with Hank. Uh, hey, Hank. Um, my name's Eric. 
I've got a quick question. So apologies if I don't get like the dates correct because um, I'm currently driving right now. But um, basically around August, um, you've probably heard that there was a JobKeeper 2.0. So uh, for those that weren't eligible for JobKeeper in like March area, um, I wasn't eligible for it then, but I was eligible for it around August because the government government made a new announcement. Um, basically, I got accepted in it um, through my employer around the start of August. Um, and they said, yep, you're eligible, uh, we'll start paying you soon. Um, it's now, what, mid-September now. Um, I've only gotten my payment last week. Uh, that was my first payment. Um, so I've missed out on about three payments, three, four payments. Um, what do I do? Like, do I contact my employer or do I contact the ATO? I'm, I'm a bit confused. There you go. Okay, look, um, I, I need to make the point again that yes. I don't represent the tax office, of course, Eric. And we are definitely talking job keeper, are we? Yeah, job keeper. Yeah. Okay. The starting point is to talk to your employer uh, because if you are eligible for a, from a certain date, then I assume that your employer would have been paid from that date. So that's your starting point. Um, if you're not satisfied with the information you're getting from your employer, um, then by all means ring the tax office and have a talk to them. The way to think about JobKeeper payment, and this is just generally for everybody, is from your perspective, it's a wage. Your employer might be getting JobKeeper, uh, you know, which is a, a payment from the tax office to the employer, but from your perspective, think of it as a wage. Whether or not you're working, uh, it's wage and it's an income. And it's an income that we take into account in assessing job seeker payment. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Eric. I uh, hope that helps. Uh, we've also got Cheryl from the Mornington Peninsula giving us a call on 1300 799. Uh, Cheryl, great to have you with us. You're on with Hank. Thank you. Hi, Hank. Um, my sister's a single mother and she has a son. She's on a disability pension, but she works casually for local council, mostly three days, um, most weeks of the year. Now, when, of course, she's become unemployed at this time, and the local council have explained to her that they cannot apply on her behalf as a job seeker, a job keeper, because they're a government agency. So now she's just like unemployed except for her pension. Um, yep. I just can't see that that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, well, look, um, uh, of course, she will be entitled to an increase in her pension and she will go to the maximum rate of pension that is available. Um, uh, in relation to whether or not uh, government agencies qualify for JobKeeper, I'm not an expert in JobKeeper, uh, but, that, but those policy decisions are a matter for government. Um, you know, the government sets the rules which determine who will and won't be eligible. All I can tell you from our perspective, from the perspective of Centrelink, is that if she's no longer receiving uh, an income through her wages, uh, she should let us know because uh, assuming she's got no other income, she will go on to a maximum rate of pension. So that's Yeah, which fantastic. is yeah. still not a lot to live on. As any pension, as such, especially with a child. Uh, I look, mean, I, 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 I understand what you're saying, but as you yeah. appreciate, my job is, uh, you know, our job is to administer payments, 
in accordance with the law and as set down by the government. Uh, Mm. And... uh, uh, but can I also say that generally pensions, uh, disability support pension and age pensions, um, are generally increase every six months in line with CPI. And in fact, there's an additional measure that's put in place um, uh, and, the, and uh, the rate of pension is increased in line with uh, whichever is the highest, uh, highest of those measures. So... The pensions have slightly snuck ahead of CPI over the the past few years. Wonderful. Thank you, Cheryl, for that. Um, And I think we're definitely saying uh, perhaps just double-check for your sister to check that if she's getting the full amount. Don't work for council. Yeah, well, (laughs) getting the full amount from the sibling. Thank you, Cheryl. God bless you. Thank you. Um, Hank, um, and we will say once again, uh, Hank's, um, you know, in charge of Centrelink, which is doing Job Seeker. Um, Job Keeper is a part of, through the uh, ATO, the tax office. So uh, if, Hank, as we've said at the start, you're not being evasive on that that's just not the area that you're across and that's not what you're covering in that sense as well uh, you can find through for hank 1300 hank is there specific things that um victorians especially as we know we've been in a, a stage four lockdown um you know technically it was supposed to finish tonight it's now going to go an extra couple of weeks the restrictions have been quite intense uh for many across the city and, and obviously businesses have been hit therefore wages have been hit and those sorts of things are there other things that we should be looking at and, and checking out for Victorians that we can actually access through Centrelink or look at? Yes, look, as you can appreciate, generally Centrelink payments are national payments equally applied across the country. Um, but what the government has introduced is a pandemic leave payment uh, of $1,500. It's a one-off payment. Now, this is a payment for workers in Victoria and Tasmania, by the way, uh, who need to self-isolate or go into quarantine, but who do not have any more sick leave or are not receiving payments either through JobKeeper or JobSeeker. In other words, if you're a person whose leave has run out, you're not getting any other payment from us, JobKeeper or JobSeeker, uh, and you're forced to go into quarantine, usually for a two-week period, then we will pay $1,500 pandemic leave payment. Now, to qualify, you've got to be at least 17 years of age, and you have to live in and work and have worked in Victoria, and as I said, have no other income from paid work, including sick leave entitlements. Now, that's a payment where, again, you don't have to go through complicated processes uh, or fill in miles and miles of forms, the best way to apply is to ring us by calling 180 1800266. And what you'll find is that we will talk you through the process. The average processing time over the phone is 15 minutes. So uh, if you're in that situation, um, give us a call. We'll talk you through the claim process. And as I said, it's all done over the phone. Yeah. Uh, and more details on that, again, at that website, servicesaustralia.gov.au. And uh, that's right. find through for the various uh, Victorian a- accesses there too. We're going to be back yeah, with... Now, the other, oh, yeah, the other concession... Sorry. There is another concession that's been made in relation to Victoria, and that relates to 
what we call mutual obligations associated with um, uh, uh, receiving job seeker payment. There is an obligation for people to engage with an employment services provider uh, and across the rest of the country right now, people, job seekers are expected to participate in appointments with those providers. Usually it's over the phone or online and they have to agree to a job plan, which is a plan to look for work and they have to do agreed activities if it is safe to do so, okay? But in Victoria, that's been totally exempted um, uh, and that's one of the key concessions, again, that the government has introduced. Yeah. So in essence, we're saying, if I'm putting it in another sense, um, obviously for a job seeker, part of it would be that you're actually w- looking for work, obviously at this time with hardly any jobs and we can't actually go out and access. That's not being expected, but the payments will continue. Exactly. Yeah, wonderful. Um, again, more details, servicesaustralia.gov.au. We've still got Hank with us for another 13 minutes or so. So if you've got a question, you can text through 0428 899 899 or phone through 1300 777 899. The General Manager of Services Australia, Hank Jongan, he heads up Centrelink, is with us here on 89.9 The Light. In conversation with Clayton. 89.9 The Light, you're in community conversation with Clayton here at Melbourne's Positive Radio Station and we've made a really concerted effort to be community-minded and to provide great advice as well as giving that bit of hope as we go through this period of COVID. And so we're trying to get guests, especially on this program, who can answer your questions, the questions you want to know. And certainly uh, the man who is joining us tonight, we've been so blown away that he's given us the an hour of his time, is Hank Jongan. He's the General Manager of Services Australia uh, they're the ones in charge of Centrelink, um, Medicare and child support. We're mostly focusing around the Centrelink side of things uh, today, Hank. And uh, just, a, you know, we were talking a couple of moments ago, we've got more people on the line ready to ask you questions as well. But you talked about the fact that those job seeker payments, you know, so many of them almost sort of triple the amount you might get in a normal year. Has it started easing up or are we still seeing uh, a, a huge amount still coming through? From your perspective, how, how is things running in that sense? No, look, we are definitely seeing a very slight easing up. However, uh, that could very well change from the 25th of September as people on JobKeeper become eligible for JobSeeker and, uh, 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 you know, will receive a bit of a top-up as a result of that. So we are expecting another peak, which is why I'm encouraging uh, people to lodge an application now if you know those changes are coming. Look, the other thing I just wanted to comment, and this relates back to Maria's call, another thing many people don't realise is if you're receiving job seeker payment, it doesn't mean that you or your partner can't be working. In fact, in relation to your partner, for example, let's say Maria's working and her, and her partner uh, isn't any longer, Uh, The government's actually really relaxed the income rules in relation to partners. Um, So uh, in the case of a partner, a partner can earn up to $3,000 a fortnight before payment actually cuts out. That's about $80,000 a year. And the government introduced that in recognition of the financial pressure on families. So again... I always encourage people to check 
the payment finder on our website because it'll help you clear some of these myths that exist. Yeah. And once again, that's servicesaustralia.org.au. Uh, sorry, dot gov. Sorry, dot gov. Dot gov. Dot gov. Uh, it's got yeah. a, it's up on my screen in front of me, and I still got it wrong, Hank. Uh, how about <laughs> that? One three hundred triple seven eight double nine to get uh, your call in for Hank Jongan, the general manager of Services Australia. Uh, Tony joins us now. Uh, Tony, you're on with Hank. Hi, Hank. Uh, how are you doing? I'm really good, thank you, Tony. Uh, that's good. Look, I'm just calling uh, because I've had a few issues uh, myself and, uh, and someone else uh, closer related uh, who've had uh, rental income. Um, and uh, obviously within March and April, a lot of rental income dried up as well. Um, uh, leaving that out, basically uh, when we applied for job seeker, we had issues with uh, settling staff not really um, sort of uh, knowing how to uh, attribute rental income. Um, into the equation. So uh, my question is: uh, Is it is it well known that um, that rental income obviously has expenses related to it, and uh, do do the staff usually um, attribute that expenses to make sure the uh, you know not only the income is attributed uh, because uh, and also the second part of it is, is when uh, when something uh, like this ha- um, well, how should I put it when the um, uh, the whole part of the equation is not uh, treated properly and you, you end up not being uh, eligible for, uh, uh, well, we get a decision saying that you're not eligible for job seeker. Do you have to do a review of the decision thing and wait for a few weeks to get it sorted right. always? Or is there any other way that you can get someone else to look at it? All right. Look, it's really, uh, yeah, uh, but I, firstly, uh, let me just say, you talk about some staff being unfamiliar. Um, as you can appreciate, we had to mobilise a lot of stuff, as I said, and train them up quickly. And uh, uh, it is possible that in relation to some of these rules, which are less common, uh, there may have been some issues. However, let me just say that that training process has become an ongoing uh, onslaught, if you like, uh, to ensure that we provide the highest quality service that we can. Now, um, the other thing I would say uh, is that if you believe that we've incorrectly assessed your eligibility, Centrelink customers have very powerful appeal rights. And the first step in that process, as Tony said, is that you at any point can request a review of that decision. You simply have to say, I would like a review of that decision. And what that means is that... um, the, the decision that you've been given is then looked at by someone else within the organisation who has not been involved in assessing your case when it was first done. In other words, someone independent from within the organisation will look at your case. Now, if after that process you still believe that we have made an incorrect decision, then again, you simply have to tell us, I want to appeal against that decision. And what that means is that the decision goes to an independent body, the Administrative Appeals Tribunal, uh, for adjudication. So always remember you have strong appeal rights. Now, in the case of rental income, what we would normally do is um, 
seek some sort of statement from an accountant. Because as you can appreciate, there are some offsetting costs uh, associated with rent. That can also cause a bit of a delay uh, because, of course, you've got to get the information that we require. And that's why earlier when I was talking about lodge your application earlier, you can lodge an application up to 13 weeks in advance. And in a situation like this where you where you know that we're going to need some proof of your income, it gives us it gives you time to get that information to us. Excellent. Tony, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate that. Also on 1300 777 We've got uh, James on the line from Donvale. G'day, James. Hey, how are you? Good, thank you. You're on with Hank. Hey, Hank. So I just had a quick question. So um, I'm under the, the kind of 22 age bracket and I've also missed out on JobKeeper payments by months in terms of eligibility. I was just wondering, is there like a specific reason why JobKeeper, you know, has an age cap at 22? Like you have to be 22 or older? Is that... Something that's putting yes. in place for uh, a specific reason. Yes, there is because uh, yes, there is because there's another payment called youth allowance for younger people. Uh, so for people up to the age of um, uh, uh, 22, if you're a full-time student um, or if you're unemployed and looking for work, then um, youth allowance is the appropriate payment. Um, I'm just wondering, James, have you tested your eligibility for uh, youth? I've had a look into it, um, but they just got a bit confused because there are a few things about like people in your household have to earn a certain income and and things like that. Yes, look, um, uh, for youth allowance, in many instances, um, younger people are deemed to be dependent on their parents. and uh, uh, they're, they're the rules that exist in relation to youth allowance. So there are some rules where you need to satisfy us that you are truly independent. Um, James, if you haven't gone through a claim process, start by having another look at our website. Go to Services and Payment Finder. Payment Finder is what you're looking for. Just answer a few questions there. It'll give you an indication as to whether you should be pursuing youth allowance. Yeah, no worries. All right, thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you, James. Uh, you can put your call through as well, one three hundred triple seven eight double nine. Hank Jongan, the General Manager of Services Australia, who heads up Centrelink amongst the, a number of other agencies, is joining us for the rest of this hour. We're so appreciative of Hank's time. So get your question in and ask one three hundred triple seven eight double nine. You can also text through your question, 0428 899 899. We're going to be back with Hank in just a moment.